Hey everybody, welcome to the JB Font Show. My name is James Fauntleroy, your host and yours truly. So, sorry for the little bit of a delay, but for some reason, StreamYard was acting a little funny. So for I had to keep refreshing a little bit. Uh, and so that's one of the reasons why we are a little late, delayed in our beginning setup, but uh, if you guys can hear me loud and clear, just please feel free to let me know. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to have a little discussion and talk about the General Strike Summit that happened over the weekend. How's it going to everybody in the chat? Hey, Robin. And we have Noah in the chat. One of the panelists that was on the General Strike Summit, Papal Penguin, aka Derek, nice to see you. Whatever, man, how's it going? Good to see you. Thank you so very much. I really appreciate that. Um, okay, great, great. Thank you so much. All right, so one of the things that I wanted to talk about the General Strike Summit was uh, some of the the funny things that happened some of the inspiring things that happen and some of the things that just really put into focus what, you know, what we're here to do as far as unifying working people and people who are poor, you know, or who are like me, disabled together so that we can have solidarity. And it was really interesting to see because um, as we were getting this uh, put together, one of the things I noticed was in, in, the, in the coming weeks, as we were getting closer to the date and closer and closer, oh, let me fix my camera a little bit. As we were getting closer and closer to the date, it got to a point where more people that we added on, people were like, oh, hey, can I be on the summit? Can, can I join? I want to be on a panel. And so it started becoming more apparent that this was something that was absolutely necessary in the grand scheme of things. We have never seen anything on the left done at what I should say is in the left indie media sphere. We've never seen anything done like that before. My hope is, and by the way, this is not going to be a very long stream. Um, you know, I'm still exhausted from the weekend, so uh, please bear with me. But one of the things that I learn is that number one, I hope, I hope other leftists in the indie media sphere do this as well. Secondly, I want this to go not just you know, stay within the indie media sphere, but I also wanted to grow outside of it so that when we have these discussions, that can lead to planning as well as execution and not just for general strikes. Some is for different issues regarding uh, things that we may need on the left. So this is one of the reasons why I think it was very important. And the fact that so many people wanted to be a part of it means that there's literally a hunger for this so that we can 
participate in more direct action. And also, if anybody, especially who may be running for anything in electoral politics, they'll see this. And even if many of us aren't really into electoral politics, the ones who are or the politicians themselves will see, well, hey, we this is this is going on. We we got to get with it. If not, then we're done. I want to make it so that it's like. If you want to talk to the people, you have to come to this space. And you have to have your feet held to the fire. You know what I mean? So that's one of the things that I, I, I appreciate. Um, and just the amount of people that were able to make. And then you even have people who weren't able to make it. But they were like, but yeah, you have my blessing. This is a great idea. And so that's one of the things that I, I really appreciated about it. Um, hey, Chad, how's it going? Nice to have you in. Noah says the whole summit was inspiring and I'm going to make sure I scream it from the rooftop. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that, bro. That's amazing. That's uh, very kind words of you. Uh, Leroy says amazing work, brother. You and everyone in the chat did an amazing job. Keep keeping it engaging. Thank you. And I think that's one of the things that we wanted to do was to keep the engagement up because this wasn't one of those events where we talk at you. Nobody wants to be talked at. They want to have dialogue. They want to have a discussion. And so that's one of the reasons why it was so important to include what a lot of you guys were saying in the chat, though it was a little daunting because right now I have what eight people watching me right now, which isn't a lot, but you know, when you have 500, that chat is going and is going really, really high. So, you know, so it, it, it's a little daunting to get everybody's response, but, um, this is one of the reasons why I also formulated my channel to be more of an engagement channel instead of just me talking at you because nobody likes that. I mean, people want to just, you know, watch and get your takes and things like that. And they'll respond in the comments, but, uh, it's, it's, it's cool to get real live responses from people, you know, because then you kind of get a temperature of what people are thinking. And, you know, if you need to, excuse me, explain a little bit more in detail, or if you are, you know, losing in, you know, the way you've made your message, then maybe you can give you the idea to clarify a little bit more so that they can know exactly what you mean. It's different ways. So that's one of the things I appreciated about it. Um, Noah says the whole summit was inspiring and I'm going to, Oh, sorry. I already saw, I already saw that said that, um, you said we just need to normalize having real genuine discussions and not engaging in high school discourse. Yeah. And that's true. The thing is, is that the, the key word is discussions. We're not always going to agree on everything and we're not always going to have the same perspective, but as long as we are able to have discussions and being able to grow from new information and new facts that we are privy to, then yeah. Um, yeah, Jade, uh, you know, 
the mainstream media doesn't have these discussions. And, if, and, and the funny part is a lot of times they will amplify the voices of people who are against these strikes for the oppressor class. And it shows that they are up and complaining and they're saying things like, oh, the people, they just don't want to work and they're lazy and all they want to do is collect unemployment benefits. And we've been telling them for a while now, no, it's just you are giving us poverty wages and we will not work for poverty wages. A laborer and the owner of the means of production have a business relationship. And in that business relationship, the worker who is selling their labor has the right to withhold their labor if they do not see that the deal is worthwhile. And if that's the case, then you cannot blame them for holding back on making a deal because for them it's not worthwhile. So what do you as the owner of the means of production have you know, the option to do and if, if you want workers? Well, you have to sweeten the deal. You have to. If you're gonna sit there and complain, that's just like, that's just like me trying to sell something at an extremely high price and then nobody wants to buy it so I start complaining, nobody wants to buy my stuff. Even though everybody's saying, well, your stuff's too high, it's too expensive. So what is the answer? Lower the price. Or in the case of, of people who are you know, owners, raise the wages. Now, as people may know, I am you know, more for the workers owning you know, the establishment or the means of production because I'm a socialist. So I'm just like, okay, well, if you guys don't want that, then I say all the workers put their, you know, pennies together and have their own establishment. That's what I'm for. But in the meantime, if y'all really want workers, raise the wages. It's just that easy. It's that simple. And the fact that people are complaining about this, like, okay, so Somebody who views us on FHL, um, Ryan, you know who you are, uh, sent me a interesting, uh, an interesting thread. Now, what they did, you know what? I'm gonna share it. The hell with it. Um, they shared an interesting thread, and they had a screenshot of one of my tweets. And they just don't get it. And I, I just want to give not attention necessarily to them, but to what, how confusing it seems to me that they are when it comes to the working class. Um, hang on, let me find it because this is really interesting. And you guys are going to be like, what? This is crazy. Ah, gotcha. Okay. So, and we're going to go to the comments um, on this just so you guys can see. Share screen. 
current time. Oh wait. Is this it? Yeah. Okay. So this group is called Hot Takes Nobody Asked For. By the way, I think my take is actually pretty lukewarm in the space of those of us who are on the left, but it's whatever. So McDonald's put out a tweet a few weeks ago. And McDonald's said, if you were the person who ran McDonald's account for a day, what would you tweet? I said, we at McDonald's, I'm, I'm quoting and making it sound like I, as if I am McDonald's on Twitter. We at McDonald's have decided to give ownership. A, I should have, I misspelled. My grammar is horrible. Sorry. We at McDonald's decided to give ownership stake to all employees of the company and require all franchise owners to turn their stores into co-ops or sell their stores back to corporate. All entry-level employees will make starting base pay of $27 per hour plus profit share." End quote. That's what I said. Now, as far as um, what the hot takes nobody asked for, um, a lot of people were saying things like, uh, maybe it hasn't occurred to this person that they could at any time with other people form their own fast food employee owned co-op co competitor to McDonald's. They just need to raise funds and develop a demand product, blah, 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 blah. So here's a funny thing. It's like, well, yeah, they could, but they can because they're broke. Why are they broke? Because they're working at McDonald's. <laughs> so, yeah, honestly, I say you guys pull your money together and just, hell, buy them out or whatever. But my thing is, like, they're broke. That's the whole, that's the whole premise. You know? And so it's silly, you know, how people will, they'll, They'll stand for the billionaires and the ultra rich, even though they're nowhere near their level of wealth at all. This person says someone needs to tell the dude that there isn't an actual clown in charge of McDonald's and he should try so hard for that position. So people, instead of actually literally arguing the premise of my art, the premise of what I was saying, they decided to just insult. And it's funny because anytime somebody works for a company that's in the service industry, there is this there's this narrative that, oh, they're lesser, they're lower. Oh, you work at McDonald's, you work at Starbucks? Oh, you're you're a janitor? Oh, that's not much of a life. And a lot of times it's premised on, well, they don't make that much. Why don't they make that much? Primarily it's because the capitalist class, they diminished what a living wage is. They don't give a living wage. You get off this. They're going to make me go off go 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 off the rails on this. <sighs> Shit. <laughs> Got my blood pressure all up. Hey Johnny, it was nice to have you on the on the summit. 
More was done in those three days to educate people on what's going on, what needs to be done, and how they can help than any other other event in 2021. I appreciate it, and I I just want people to focus more on on this, on the information that was given, the history lessons that were taught, because it's very important. Um. FHL has done amazing work in five months since their fourth podcast. The blue checks have taken notice. I hope so. I hope so. And the thing is, is that I hope this is more of a wake up call than anything else. But unfortunately, it will be a tax, but it's whatever. That's 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 the nature of the beast, Um, especially in a capitalist system, because a lot of people have capitalist brain. Uh, and a lot of us who are on the left, who are maybe socialist, Marxist, Leninist, anarchist, whatever, uh, communist, a lot of us still are trying to take that capitalist brain out of us. It's never going to be completely gone until we have a completely different system and we're not, uh, we're not romanticizing the capitalist system of yesteryear. So once that happens, then we can actually, you know, get that internalized capitalism out of our heads but for now uh we still fight with it we still contend with it you know i still contend with it as a socialist i still contend with you know that capitalist brain that we have sometimes um allowing people to process information is just as important as giving them the information that is also true and sometimes we also have to give um we have to give What's the word I want to use? We have to give space to people who are not at the level we're at. That that calls for compassion. Because not everybody's going to be able to understand. What is one of the goals of those of us on the left? Is to take people and convince them of, of our position. Show them the logic and reason and rationale of our position. And they're not going to get it at first. And so... We can't necessarily blame them for not being at that position because look at the system that they are in. Look at the system that they were brought up in. So they, it's kind of like teaching a child. They don't know any better. And then we try to teach them. Some are going to be very stubborn um, and some are just going to be willfully ignorant. But we cross that bridge when we get there. And we continue to keep, you know, screaming it out from the rooftops, so to speak. And the thing is that repetition is the key. This is one of the reasons why I tell people, if you got a camera and a decent Internet connection, you know, you know, and you have OK, you know, audio, come on into this space. Because the more repetition, then the more people will hear it. Why are a lot of Gen Z's, you know, becoming more further to the left? Well, who was popular in the last five years in the political space? Bernie Sanders. And so all these things that we've been spouting has been put out into the ether. And so some of you who have younger brothers and sisters or children and they hear you saying these things, guess what? They may not seem like they're listening, but they're listening. 
They could be playing with toys. You could have a teenager playing a video game in the background. And if you're talking about this stuff or if you're posting about this stuff on social media where they're connected to you as well, they're listening. They may not hear it. They may not. Um, I'm sorry. They may not be necessarily actively engaged with you, but they're listening. So keep it up, because the thing is that now we're inculcating this type uh, of of conscious into younger ones. Look, they did it. The right did it with, you know, a lot of their religiosity that they, you know, espouse. And they did it a lot with, you know, uh, racist and white supremacist tactics. You know, they talked about it all the time, you know, and the thing is that repetition also helps people learn and then they start to get it, you know, after a while. Hey, Radical, good to see you. I didn't, I, did, did I say hello earlier? I'm not exactly sure, but yeah. Uh, I just want to go to the chat. Yeah, Johnny, people don't want to work for shit wages and shit companies that don't treat them with dignity. Why Why would you? I Look, the paratransit company that transports me from to and from dialysis, um... They, sorry, just one second. I don't want to. <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Sorry, my bad. Had that cough. Um, but a lot of the par- like the paratransit company that I use to get to and from dialysis, they honestly aren't treating their drivers good enough. They just raised their starting wage to 15 bucks an hour to transport people like me regularly to and from dialysis and to other life-saving or life-sustaining treatments. So if you're going to sit there and treat them like shit, I don't blame them for not coming in. I don't blame them for leaving or quitting. Because guess what? They're doing very important work. If I didn't get to dialysis, you wouldn't be sitting here watching this stream right now. I would have been dead. So it's very important that we treat people who work for us with dignity. And part of that dignity is paying them a living wage. Because paying them shit don't fly. I can't, you know, and, and then these tactics of, oh, we're a family. Yeah, yeah, right. Don't don't give me a pizza party. Raise my wages. That's solidarity. But of course, they never have solidarity anyway. Uh, Noah says the owners of the solu- the owners know the solution, but they absolutely refuse to do it. Why? Because they thrive on pain and misery. You know, it's, you know, it's sad. The fact that you have this mental notion that if you threaten people or you keep that threat 
of homelessness, hunger, and bad health or death looming over somebody, that will be the greatest motivator to get them to work harder. People are productive when they have more mental clarity. Being in poverty does not give you mental clarity. That much stress, it kills you. So that's not the right way to go. And there's this fear that people will be lazy if they don't have that motivation or that push to work like a dog. And no, that's that's absolutely wrong. People are productive anyway. Look at the people who make well beyond a thriving wage. Look at the people who make really good money. Like, I could have been George Clooney, made one good film, made $20 million, and then I can retire. No more working for me. I got out of money that lasts me a lifetime. But they keep working. Why? Because it's productive. Because it's something to do. But they just don't work so much to the point where they end up wanting to fall out at the end of the week. They're able to spend leisure time with their families. They're able to spend time, you know, doing things that fulfill them. I'm sorry, but working at a call center is not fulfilling for me. Bussing tables is not necessarily fulfilling for me. We work to fund our lives. That's what work is for. So that when we have our time off, we can live our lives. This is what worker solidarity means. Recognizing that we're all connected as workers and that we deserve our leisure time, we deserve a living wage, we deserve time to connect with our families, we deserve time for rest, and rest should not be equated to laziness. Rest is part of the human experience itself because without it, we die. What did I miss in the chat? So good to see you guys here. No, they didn't want that type of discourse where McDonald's doesn't want that type of discourse because if McDonald's doesn't want to pay people a living wage. Look, if they could lower the pay of people, of their workers in Denmark, they would. Why? Because they want to keep more of the profit. And Denmark is just a social democracy. They're still capitalist. Alex said, ba da ba ba ba. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, where? What is the big deal? Doesn't everybody have access to a venture capitalist? That's the reason why for the General Strike Summit. I, I, I want to get back to that though. Um, wow, you guys really are commenting. You guys are awesome. Um, 
here's the thing. One of the things that I absolutely enjoyed about the General Strike Summit, and I think it was a great idea, was that Rome went out to the Kellogg Strike Strikers, uh, this Kellogg Union Strike. Uh, that to me was a golden moment. And the reason why, oh, sorry, sorry, Noah. Um, <coughs> excuse me. The reason why it was such a great moment was that we got to hear from them what their thoughts were without the filter of mainstream media. Um, Noah, don't, don't, don't you listen to that jingle? No, don't you try. Um, so yeah, that, that moment, and then the moment where we had one of the, uh, strikers from the nurses union out in Massachusetts, those were golden moments because we got to see that they also express worker solidarity. The union from the Kellogg's workers' strike went to the strike that was happening at Don at uh, John Deere, and they expressed solidarity with them, and they sh they went on strike with them. And so there's this 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 type of solidarity that happens across industries. And we want this solidarity to even happen across nations. You see what's going on in, uh, and Sabi brought this up. You see what's going on in uh, Korea, South Korea. They're literally having a general strike in South Korea. How amazing would it be if we, as workers, expressed our solidarity with them? And they express their solidarity with us. Because this is capitalism isn't just a United States problem. Capitalism is a worldwide issue. And the fact that we were able to get out there was amazing. I mean, you can say the prologue of the General Strike Summit was yesterday when Josana went out to the Occupy Pfizer protest for the die-in, you know, as they were out there, which I, I think was absolutely phenomenal. J-Star says, yes, that was amazing. I'm sure no mainstream media is out there interview, interviewing any protesters. No, and they're going to spin it. And they're going to bring in a lot of the union leaders who tend to be in league with, you know, the corporation. Now, granted, there are some union leaders that are with the workers, but some, they just, they don't really care. Some union leaders are just HR. I remember what my friend Mike told me 
and he is he has his background in in human resources he said human resources isn't there for the worker it's there for the company the company interests are their interests so a lot of these companies they'll see a union leader and they'll try to turn them into HR but in a covert fashion and so thankfully the Kellogg's uh, union leader wasn't down for that shit and he was like yeah no we're going to stand with the workers and so he, he he's you know one of a few that stands with the workers and we we applaud that and the fact that he was able to join us on a stream was awesome so we interviewed him out in the field and we also got some on stream and that unification between workers and that solidarity between workers is not something that's normal. You know, even Liz Medina from the AFL-CIO, when she was on with, with me and Savage Joy, she was speaking about it and she was talking about the history of it. So this is one of the things that I, I really enjoyed about the General Strike Summit is the fact that we can actually talk to workers who were literally on strike. But here's the thing. Talking to someone who is on it in a union is they're a minority. 89% of Americans are not in a union. So, yeah, most people are in a union. So, a lot of pushback that we got for you guys aren't even in a union. Yeah, and most Americans aren't. So, what? We still need to talk about it. And, and, and pushing for worker co-ops that's the goal hey see the change good to see you see the change says higher paid employees actually produce more and perform better because their overall mental and physical health are usually better have better work-life balance call out sick less etc everyone wins yes it does look at um, there was a, a documentary by Michael Moore I forgot exactly what it's called but he goes to Europe and he talks to different people in different industries in Europe and they talk about uh, some of the benefits that they give their workers and how their workers benefit from you know, the systems and the uh, social safety nets that they have in place. And so you have uh, a lot of people who are in uh, Europe and they are, they do very well as far as production goes. They're very productive, but yet they still have things like uh, four to six weeks mandatory paid vacation by law. They'll have, you know, paid parental leave by law. They will have, uh, I, I know in Italy, they were talking about how they had, I think it was like two or two and a half hour lunch breaks so that they can go home, cook and chill out with their family 
before going back to work? Like, you're saying to yourself, like, what? Some countries, it's normal to have a nap break. I think it's, uh, I think it's in... I forgot which country in Asia it is. But I know, if you guys can, you guys, you know, correct me in, in chat. But... Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and yeah, and Sicko, that was also really interesting. They actually showed a young man that had, you know, uh, he got sick. And um, it was in France where he took like six months off. And I think he still got paid. Um, and he got to restore his health. There were times where he was at the beach, just chilling, because honestly, that was contributing also to his mental health, because when you're sick or when you're dealing with chronic diseases like I do, it does affect affect your mental health as well, which, by the way, I actually want to do a, a panel, uh, a disability panel, and where we talk about our mental health as far as those of us with physical disabilities and uh, those who have mental disabilities how it affects them physically even though everything seems to be working fine I, I, I want to talk about that as well and hopefully uh, I'm thinking about doing something probably January or February with another disability panel but we'll get back to that um, Johnny says they say any job worth doing is worth doing right, but for some reason, it's not worth paying right. That's very true. I mean, if if they're doing it right and if they are making the company money, then they should be part of that instead of just a wage. Oh. Paper Penguin says, count me in. As I mentioned in the last panel, I have mental health issues and deal with them a lot. Definitely. I will keep you in mind for that one, too, because it's very important that we have, you know, your voice in that. So, uh, just give me one second. For some reason, I have this bad cough and I just can't seem to get rid of it right now. It's It happened after the General Strike Summit. <coughs> <coughs> My apologies. Um, I'm pretty exhausted, by the way. But um, but it, the General Slice Summit was completely worth it. One of the things that I, I thoroughly enjoyed as well, and I also want to give a special shout out to CJ for helping me out with this, was that we had not one, not two, but three disability panels throughout the General Slice Summit. Each day, we had a, a disability panel. And those panels were eye-opening, sometimes heartbreaking, sometimes inspiring, because the people that we had on those panels shared their experiences. Some were just normal people with disabilities. They didn't have... They weren't activists. 
And you had some who were disability rights activists and organizers. And the fact that we were able to give voices to people like them, it's really heartening. And they're forgotten so much within this nation. Just just look at just look at the benefits that we give, the disability benefits. They just toss pennies and expect us to live on that. They do us just like the capital the rest of the capitalist class does, the workers. And so I am my heart is full from being able to have those panels because it was such a necessary thing. And my my co-hosts at FHL were they weren't just okay with having those panels. They were they were enthusiastic about having those panels. They were like JB, you need to have these panels. These panels are deeply important. And if you need to add another, damn it, do it. And and here's the crazy part. Many of you guys in the chat, like right now, I'm going to tell you right now. When I was doing my disability panels, they were all up in the chat. They were supporting even though they weren't on. That's solidarity. That's love. FHL is a family of people that have a shared love for humanity. And just trying not to get choked up there for a second. And I am so proud of this summit. And can we be real for a second? Real talk? It went way smoother than I anticipated. Why did it go smoother than I anticipated? Because this meant everything to all the members. It meant everything. I mean, we were we were so emphatic about this message and wanting it to be conveyed the right way. We were having discussions, you know, until the wee hours of the morning talking about how we can make this the best we can. How people can get as much benefit out of it. Um, so yeah, it was awesome. And one of the things that I, (laughs) one of the funny parts to me was I was holding a panel and Rome was on the panel. I think y'all know where I'm going because anything that happens between me and Rome, it's always hilarious. I was talking and Rome, (laughs) 
interrupts me while I'm talking. Because you know how passionate Rome gets. Rome gets really passionate. And he said something to the effect of, he was saying something. And I chimed in in a sly way and I said, and yeah, don't don't interrupt the host. And <laughs> Rome, without missing a beat, was like, he said something like, he said something like, fuck you. <laughs> Live on the stream. That cracked me up. I don't know. I got to go back to it because I got to get the exact wording right. But, you know, and I will never look at carrots the same way after talking to Rome again. If y'all watch the stream, y'all know. But it was great because... You got to see what people like him is really all about. So, yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why I was pretty happy with how it went. And, you know, um, the panels uh, on also different plans I distinctly remember Sharif having a discussion and he was speaking about that a general strike doesn't necessarily have to be nationwide it could be statewide it could be uh, it could be countywide it could be citywide it could just be a region and it can go across different um, across different industries. And you know, they had such good takes about what can be done and how it can be done. And even talking about mutual aid, which is an integral part, was also deeply necessary. So I'm just happy with how it went. You know, so it, it was it was it was it was lovely. I mean, that's the basic word I can say. You know, it's just like it was almost like a family reunion. You know, that song, family reunion. Yeah, it was just like that. You know, um, and it, yeah, I was saying by Ger, uh, Gerald Levert. I think I don't know, but. Um, I think I'm I think I'm correct on that, but it was great, you know, because we got to see so many people join us for it. People that we've had many talks before with, and we also got to meet people who we've never got to speak with before. That's awesome too. Um Look, Optimism. It's still on YouTube. We're not gonna take it down. And we're also making clips of the segments, so don't worry about it. Um, Alex Orso says, a lot of mental health issues also lead to others. My untreated ADHD leads to anxiety. That's sad. And the thing is that a lot of times these things are onset by the issues that we face, you know, 
through capitalism. And so whenever I put the hashtag capitalism kills, I really do mean it kills. Tony Plow says capitalist. I think you say meant to say love to say you get what you pay for. But they don't want to hear you tell them that about labor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They don't. You know, it's just like, yeah, it, it, people are, you know, not doing the job correctly. It's just like, you know, I pay you guys this much per hour. It's like, well, maybe I would do it better if you paid me more. You know. Because, you, you know, the phrase to much is given much is required. Let's flip that around. To little is given, little is required. You give me a little, I'm not going to do that much. I'm going to do the bare minimum. And I hate when companies go, well, we want you to put forth initiative. Well, pay me initiative money. People are like, oh, companies like when you want to, you know, stay, stay longer afterwards and come in early. I'm like, well, y'all better pay me for it. But they don't ever want to. And I'm not talking about just the wages that I get. I'm talking about making it a living wage. Yes, it's socialism for the rich and severe austerity for the disabled. Johnny Axem says, you should be lucky you got a job. It's my favorite one. While they complain that no one wants to work. (laughs) You should be lucky you got a business. Uh, Look, hiring workers is a business decision. It is a contract. So if you don't want to have workers, then I guess you just don't pay them well enough because you're literally selling, you know, we are literally selling our labor. You're a buyer. And if, you know, you don't, and the fact that we're now expressing to buyers that, yeah, our labor, the prices went up, don't complain, just pay more. Because we know what you guys got. We know y'all got it. So we're not going to settle for less. Tony Plow says capitalists want to have their cake and eat it too. And the government is usually complicit. Yeah. And they're giving them some of that cake too. So they're making cake off of us as well as the government. Isn't that crazy? They'll sit there and ask for subsidies with their hands out. Despite all the billions of profits that they make. And then when we want more money for our labor, they're like, piss off. Well, no, then you piss off. No, I'm not, I'm not going to work for you no more. Why am I going to spend all my waking hours trying to make you a buck when you're trying to extract that from me? And you're not just trying to extract it from me in one direction. You're trying to do it in both directions. You're doing it from the, from the money that we as the government give you and then you're trying to extract it from me through you know my my wage surplus my labor surplus no get the hell out of here man
Alex Orso says businesses don't create jobs, hire workers to be nice. They hire workers to fill a needed role. Therefore, businesses need workers and should pay them accordingly. Yeah, we are the necessity. Johnny Axon says any business that can't pay its workers a living wage is a leech, stealing people's time for their own self-interests. And you know what's funny? They ask for our time and our physical and mental energy, and they ask for things that we can never truly get back. You never can actually get back time. That's impossible. So they're asking for a, <coughs> excuse me, an even more precious commodity than money. Imagine how many parents had to miss time spending with their kids or with their loved ones just to make some money. They spent that precious time instead of on their kids on the capitalist class, the oppressor. That doesn't sound right with me. That doesn't sit right with me. People should work to live, not live to work. That's not being lazy. That's called being a human. We are not beasts of burden and beasts should not have to burden as well. Uh, So, I don't know. What do I know? I'm just a silly socialist. I should say that in every stream at some point. I think I probably did. But yeah. Um, Johnny is right. He says, and if they can't afford to stay in business, if they do pay a living wage, then they don't deserve to be in business. It's true. And people will be like, but I, I can't afford to pay it because, you know, what about me? It's like, well, I guess you should be working on your own so that you can make a living wage yourself and then keep working until you can afford to pay somebody a living wage. If not, don't be hiring nobody if you can't pay them a living wage. Simple as that. And it all comes back circular anyway, because once you start paying people a living wage and other businesses start doing the same, then guess what? Those people who get paid a living wage will also come to your business and start paying, you know, and you start getting more business. People, especially capitalists, always focus on the short term, never the long term. This is why our planet is screwed if we keep up what we're doing. Because they focus on the short term profits, not the long term gain. Cedar Chain says all the power lies strictly in the hands of the employer. Right to work states? No reason needed to terminate someone who can even. K- came up with that that's dumb that's capitalism yeah so yeah I don't have much time so 
I'm going to keep this down to about an hour stream, but yeah, I just wanted to, you know, talk about what I enjoyed about the General Strike Summit. Um, I'm deeply proud of all, you know, the people who participated, as well as my co-host of Fred Hampton Leftist. Uh, I'm very proud of them. Um, FHL has been, you know, uh, amazing in their execution. Um, and I also like to thank some of the people who honestly, they were doubtful and they still spread the message about our general strike summit, even though it was in bad faith. So I like to thank everybody and, uh, look, you guys are wonderful. Thank you so much for supporting me and my channel even though it's still relatively new. Uh, and if you like the content, then you guys can buy me a coffee on Kofi, on coffee. Um, or yeah, I put my, um, what's it call it? I put my PayPal in the description as well, whatever. Um, they're gonna be taxing that anyway next year. Thanks. Thanks Joe Biden. Um, and you know, if you guys would like, please make sure to like this, make sure to subscribe. And if you're watching this after the live stream, then talk about, you know, in the comments, what did you enjoy about the General Strike Summit? What do you think that we need to improve on? All these different things. Um, so yeah, I would like to thank everybody that's listening also on Anchor. And you guys are amazing. Thank you for supporting me as well. And if you guys need anything, be sure to talk to your comrades because mutual aid, <coughs> excuse me, mutual aid comes from all of us. And uh, actually, yeah, uh, Alex, uh, I am also in Venmo. It's uh, at JB Font on Venmo as well. So yeah, um, I try to keep continuity. But yeah, so love you all. Solidarity with all of you. Drink some water. Water your plants. Take a breather. And think about all the things that you are grateful for. And uh, I'll see y'all on the flip side. <laughs>